I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject the Melchizedek Priesthood. This is part 11 of the series. So now, given that the northern kingdom has been cut off from the covenant, who is going to redeem the kingdom of God's firstborn in the earth? No one is Torah eligible to do that in the earth. And so the only way that the firstborn of the kingdom of God on the earth can be redeemed is heaven's firstborn. Heaven's faithful Melchizedek priest has to be sent to the earth. That's Yeshua the Messiah. He has authority to come to the earth because Yeshua is the one that created the heavens and the earth. It's his domain that he is a steward of on behalf of his heavenly father. So now the heavenly father is going to send earth's creator and earth's steward of the kingdom of God to the earth to redeem the unfaithful servants of the God of Israel who were living in the earth. So Yeshua, when he comes to the earth, his ministry is going to be centered in the place where the northern kingdom, because of their unfaithfulness, was originally taken captive into the nations from. And the northern kingdom was originally taken into captivity from the Galilee area. And they were taken into captivity into three stages. And the first taking is specified for us in 2 Kings chapter 15, verse 29, as it is written, in the days of Pekah, king of Israel, came Tiglot Pileser, king of Assyria, and he took, and it names various places, and among them the Galilee, which is the land of the tribe of Naphtali, and he carried them captive to Assyria. Then Isaiah chapter 9 and verses 1 and 2 prophesies of the next stage of captivity by the Assyrians, stating that in the second stage, it's going to be worse than the initial stage. The prophecy is as follows. Isaiah chapter 9 verses 1 and 2. Nevertheless the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. Referring back to 2 Kings chapter 15 verse 29. But afterward he did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan and Galilee of the nations. 
that the people that walked in darkness, that would be the northern kingdom, and they walked in darkness because they departed from the Torah, because we're told in Proverbs, in chapter 6, in verse 3, that the commandment is a lamp and the Torah is light. So if the teaching or the instruction, that is the Torah, of the God of Israel's kingdom is a light to the people that live in his kingdom, when they depart from that Torah, they're going to walk in darkness. So the people that walked in darkness, and specifically this is a prophecy about the northern kingdom, they've seen a great light. And that great light is the Messiah. Because Yeshua said in John in chapter 8 and verse 12, Then spake Yeshua unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So the prophecy is that those that walk in darkness have seen a great light, the Messiah, and they that dwelt in the land of the shadow of death. That's because the enemies came into the land and took them into captivity. Upon them has light shined, which is the Messiah and uh, the good news that the Messiah brings. It is written in the Sanchino Zohar to Exodus section 2, page 220a, that the Messiah will appear in the Galilee. Said Rabbi Simeon, on the soil of Galilee, as it is there that the Messiah is destined to reveal himself. For that is the portion of Joseph, and it was the first part of the Holy Land to be destroyed, or that which the northern kingdom was taken into captivity. And it was there that the exile of Israel and their dispersion among the nations began. As the scripture says in Amos chapter 6 verse 6 that they are not grieved for the hurt of Joseph. This is the meaning of why Yeshua's ministry was centered in the Galilee. Matthew chapter 4 verse 12. Now when Yeshua had heard that John was cast into prison he departed into Galilee that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying so now this is going to quote Isaiah chapter 9 verses 1 and 2 the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali by the way of the sea beyond Jordan Galilee the Gentiles the people that is the ten tribes that sat in darkness that is they departed from the Torah through the first king Jeroboam and then the succeeding kings that they see a great light that's the Messiah and to them that sat in the region in shadow of death that is the place where their enemies that is the Assyrians came and took them into captivity light is sprung up and that is the redemption and the forgiveness of sins that the Messiah offers. And so now at the end of John in chapter 9 verses 39 and 40 the Pharisees are going to ask Yeshua whether they are blind. And Yeshua said for judgment I am come into this world that they which see not might see and they which see might be made blind. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said to him are we blind also? John chapter 10 is Yeshua's answer to the Pharisees question of him whether they were spiritually blind. And so Yeshua is going to explain to the Pharisees who are of the house of Judah, who are Jews, that one element and aspect of his ministry at his first coming where he's going to die and lay down his life is he's going to do so to 
redeem the northern kingdom, the firstborn, and to be faithful to the Torah commandment to redeem the firstborn. Yeshua explains to them, John chapter 10, verse 16, other sheep I have. When Yeshua is saying these words, he has not yet died on the tree. So Yeshua is claiming that he has two sheepfolds, and he says he has another sheepfold that's not this fold. So he's calling the Pharisees, and these Pharisees of the house of Judah, who are Jews, they do not believe that Yeshua is the Messiah, yet Yeshua is saying that they are a part of his sheepfold in addition to having another sheepfold. So how is it possible that before Yeshua dies on the tree that he can make the claim or the statement that he has two sheepfolds? The only way that this is possible is if Yeshua gave the Torah at Mount Sinai, because when he gave the Torah at Mount Sinai, he entered into covenant with the people who was there. And we're told in Exodus chapter 19, verse 3, that who was at Mount Sinai is the house of Jacob. And then later in the history of the house of Jacob, after David and Solomon, they were split in the northern kingdom and southern kingdom. The northern kingdom is one sheepfold. The southern kingdom is one sheepfold. The northern kingdom is one nation and the southern kingdom is another kingdom or another nation. So now Yeshua is explaining to the Pharisees of the southern kingdom that them, the other sheepfold, the northern kingdom, I must bring because the Torah requires that you redeem the firstborn and the firstborn has departed from the Torah. Then Yeshua prophesies that they will hear my voice because it says in Hosea in chapter 1 and verse... 10, the people who are not a people are going to become sons of the living God. Now, in order to become a son of the living God, they're going to receive the Messiah. John chapter 1 and verse 12. So Yeshua is prophesying or explaining to the Pharisees that the northern kingdom, the firstborn nation who departed from the Torah and the ways of the kingdom of the God of Israel, that they will hear my voice and eventually there will be one fold and one shepherd, that the two sheepfolds are going to unite and they're going to be one and they're going to have one sheepfold over them. And Yeshua explained to the Pharisees in John chapter 10, verse 11 and verse 14, that he is the good shepherd. So so Yeshua is explaining to them that he is the Messiah. He is that good shepherd that's going to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel. But before there can be the end of the exile and the two sheepfolds becoming one, before that can happen, Yeshua must first lay down his life. And he says, therefore, does my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. So in Yeshua laying down his life, he's fulfilling a requirement of the Melchizedek priesthood and to be a faithful Melchizedek priest that not only in the Melchizedek priesthood do you rule and reign in the government of the kingdom of the God of Israel, not only do you receive the double portion in the inheritance, but you teach the Torah and you live the Torah and the highest responsibility in the government of God to teach and to live the Torah is if the circumstances require it, and someone in the family has departed from the ways of the God of Israel, the ways of his kingdom, which means departs from the Torah, that if the situation calls and requires that you're to lay down your life to bring to repentance the one that's departed and to have redemption and reconciliation take place within the family. So Yeshua is performing the highest level of responsibility of a Melchizedek 
Levitic priest in the kingdom of the God of Israel, seeing that Yeshua is a Melchizedek priest of his father's kingdom. And in the Torah, the kingsman redeemer is to redeem those who've departed from the family, which means he's to redeem the firstborn. Leviticus chapter 25, verse 25. If your brother be waxen poor and has sold away some of his possession, which means departed from the Torah, because faithfulness in following the Torah gives you an inheritance. So if you sell away your possession, you're selling your inheritance, which means you're departing from the Torah. And if any of his kin come to redeem it, then shall he redeem that which his brother sold. And so Yeshua is being that kinsman redeemer. Isaiah chapter 59 verse 20. And the redeemer shall come to Zion and he comes to those that turn from transgression in Jacob, those that repent from departing from the Torah. That's who the Messiah saves, redeems, or delivers, is those that repent of their sins and repent from not following the Torah. In Titus chapter 2 verse 14, we are told that Yeshua is the redeemer of Israel, as it is written, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. So salvation comes by repenting of your sins and accepting when Yeshua died on the tree and shed his blood and believe in your heart that he is the Messiah of Israel, the Messiah of the world, and you receive him and your heart and your life to be Savior and Lord of your life. This is outlined in Romans chapter 10 verses 9 through 11, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Yeshua and will believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says that whosoever, Jew or non-Jew, that believes on him shall not be ashamed. And so through the death of Yeshua on the tree and uh, through the other sheepfold hearing his voice or believing that he is the Messiah, their status will go from being cut off from the covenant and they're going to be grafted in or adopted back into a renewed covenant and their status is going to go from not my people to being a son of a living God. As was prophesied in Hosea chapter 1 verse 10, that it will come to pass that in the place where it was said you are not my people, it will be said you are the sons of the living God. And the son of the living God is one that believes and accepts that Yeshua is the Messiah. John chapter 1 verse 12, as many as received him, to them gave he power become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So let's summarize this part of the teaching. The northern kingdom, that is the ten tribes, Ephraim, the house of Joseph, was initially taken captive by the Assyrians from the Galilee area because they departed from following the Torah of the God of Israel and the constitution of his kingdom. Yeshua's ministry was centered in the Galilee to highlight his focus to be a faithful Melchizedek priest and to redeem the firstborn in the family of the kingdom of the God of Israel who departed from the Torah. So Yeshua is a kinsman redeemer. He's a brotherly redeemer of this family of Israel. And number four, by repenting of their sins and accepting the redemptive work of Yeshua when he shed his blood on the tree that the northern kingdom or Ephraim can be restored and they can become sons of God again.
again. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 14, we're told that we are redeemed by the shed blood of Yeshua, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. And now when Yeshua, from his death on the tree, he's going to bring in a renewing of the covenant. And what is the government? What is the priesthood of this new covenant in the kingdom of God? What governs the new covenant in the kingdom of God is the Melchizedek priesthood. And Yeshua is going to bring about a restoration of the things that were lost by the unfaithfulness of the nation of Israel. And he's going to restore things to how they were in the beginning. So how were things in the beginning in the garden? In the garden, when we have the finishing of the creation of the heavens and the earth, Adam was given the place and the responsibility to be the Melchizedek priest representative on the earth of the kingdom of God, to teach the kingdom of God, to administer the kingdom of God, which is to teach the Torah to the people on the earth and to be a living example of following that Torah, that Adam was a king, a priest, and a firstborn. So in Yeshua bringing the redemption and redeeming man and the earth back to the Heavenly Father in the New Covenant, those that believe that Yeshua is the Messiah, he is going to have them be in the spiritual position of being a king, a priest, and a firstborn. So therefore, in Yeshua's restoration to how things were in the beginning, all believers in Yeshua as the Messiah are eligible to rule and reign with him. All believers in Yeshua as the Messiah is going to have the place and the position of a king, a priest, and a firstborn. So just as Adam was tested in his faithfulness, just as the nation of Israel was tested in their faithfulness, just as the northern kingdom was tested in their faithfulness, the southern kingdom was tested in their faithfulness, the Levites were tested in their faithfulness, believers in Yeshua as the Messiah, they are going to be tested in their faithfulness, whether they are going to be faithful to the spiritual responsibilities of the kingdom of God and to rule and reign with him as a part of his government. So therefore, they have to show themselves to be faithful to be a king, a priest, and a firstborn in the kingdom of God. So we can see from the book of Hebrews that the body of Messiah is a congregation of firstborn. And being a congregation of firstborn, this is not a reference to whether we are physically firstborn. This is, and it speaks to the spiritual status that we have in the kingdom of God by being believers in Yeshua as the Messiah. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. But you've come unto Mount Zion, verse 23, to the general assembly and congregation of the firstborn. So all the body of Messiah, all believers in Yeshua as the Messiah, he's made us to be spiritual firstborns. But the entire body of Messiah is not only spiritual firstborns, but we have been made spiritual priests as well. 
First Peter chapter two, verse five and verse nine. You also as lively stones, you're built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Yeshua HaMashiach. First Peter chapter two, verse nine. But you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Who is called a royal nation? And who is called a holy people? Who is called a royal priesthood? Those who believe in Yeshua as Messiah, those who have been made lively stones. And so we can see that believers in Yeshua as Messiah in the new covenant, that we are given the spiritual status of being kings and priests before him. And it makes us eligible to rule and reign with him and his kingdom. First, when he rules and reigns during the thousand year messianic kingdom on the earth, and then for all eternity, if we are found faithful as well. If we are faithful stewards, we receive an inheritance. If we are unfaithful, then we lose reward. Revelation chapter 5 verse 10, he's made us under a God, kings and priests, and we will reign on the earth. Revelation chapter 20 verse 6, blessed is holy as he that has part in the first resurrection, that they will be priests of God and of Messiah, and they will reign with him a thousand years. We can see how the body of Messiah are to be kings in the kingdom, which means you are to reign in life. Romans in chapter 5, verse 17. But if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, that is Adam's sin, caused sin to come upon all mankind, much more than that, they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life. How do we reign? You reign as a king. You reign in life by one Yeshua HaMashiach. How do you reign in life by obeying the word of the kingdom of God, to obey the Torah of the kingdom of God. And Yeshua said in Matthew in chapter 28, in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18, all power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore. And so we're to go in his power, in his authority. And if we have been given power and authority to go in his name, we've been given the place of a king in the kingdom to rule and reign in his kingdom. So we can see how believers in Yeshua as the Messiah have been given the position of a king, a priest, and being a firstborn in his kingdom through his redemptive work. Now let's summarize this part of the teaching. By repenting of our sins and accepting Yeshua as our Redeemer, he establishes in his kingdom a body of Melchizedek priests who have the position of king, priest, and firstborn. And as a body of Melchizedek priests in Messiah, we are able to rule and reign in his kingdom and on the earth, but we have to be found faithful. That's because a servant of Yeshua is commanded to be faithful. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 2. Moreover, it is required in stewards. You see, we're a steward in the kingdom of God. It's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. A servant of Yeshua is commanded to be faithful and wise. Matthew chapter 24 verse 45. Who is a faithful and wise servant? So it's commanded 
commanded and required in stewards to be found faithful. So Yeshua says, who is a faithful and wise servant? So what's the definition of a wise servant in the kingdom of God? Well, keeping the Torah is wisdom. First Chronicles chapter 22, verse 7 and verse 12. Only the Lord give you wisdom. So what's wisdom? That you may keep the Torah of the Lord your God. The Torah makes wise the simple. Well, that's going to conclude part 11 of the series on the subject, the Melchizedek Priesthood. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebrews.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.